0: Isaiah 42 and 43, and I want to encourage you just to continue to digest these truths into your heart and into your life, uh, and even though January is already here, there's a lot of future things that have yet to unfold for us. I want you to see that. I, I text uh, um, um, Matt Bell, who's the pastor of Destiny Church, um, who uh, I'll be preaching at his church in just a few hours i text him and told him i'm praying for him as he launches out with this conference this morning and and i just told him i sense new things exciting things uh, you know, strategies and ways and means to accomplish His kingdom purpose. I just I just believe they're on the horizon. Uh, I sense it in my heart. I hope that's the case with you this morning. Uh, and so, with that in mind, just give you a little kind of update here on Isaiah 42 and 43. It's written to us, of course, but it was uh, originally inspired by the Spirit of God for the children of Israel. And so when you, you can plug it in in two or three different ways. As you read through Isaiah 42, you'll know he's talking about Jesus right there. It's a prophecy concerning Jesus, which is uh, which is certainly uh, implies uh, or, or causes us to realize this is for us, but but also of certainty was for the children of Israel. God was speaking to the children of Israel, and where they had been for the past seventy years when this was written was in Babylonian captivity. They had been in Babylonian captivity for seventy years, and so when you read through this without un- just that understanding, you'll begin to realize, man, that makes a lot of sense. But it, because he talks about bringing prisoners out of the prison and those who sit in darkness come out of the prison house, and I'm telling you, when the children of Israel began to hear this from the prophet, they began to it began to build their faith. And now, they how many of you know when you're seventy years in in bondage, there's not a lot of new things springing forth. Now, the reason they were there in the first place is because, really, a, a a sin issue, but also they were so comfortable in the past that it messed them up concerning their future. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a little, a little side note. If you just hang around in yesterday, you're going to mess up tomorrow. If you hang around in yesterday, you'll find yourself at a place of disobedience to God and find yourself at a place of God's correction in your life. And so it requires a great level of insight on our part to not do that. The children of Israel had done that for 70 years. And so in Isaiah 42 and 43, he talks about new things. He begins to tell them. And in fact, in Isaiah 42, verse 9, he says, The former things have come to pass. In other words, the past is the past. Okay. And then he says, and new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And so here, just picture these Israelites somehow, some way reading uh, this Isaiah prophecy <coughs> and hearing, man deliverance is coming I'm sitting here in this 70 year prison cell if you will but deliverance is coming he said before they spring forth I tell you about them and then if you go go over to Isaiah 43 of course the very well known passage don't remember verse 18 the former things nor consider the things of old he's basically repeating himself behold I do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall you not know it we talked about that last week and so here here's what God is doing with the children of Israel. He's reigniting their faith for their future to get to them to dream again, to be able to trust God again, to believe God again. And that's the way all of us need to be here as we move into 2020, the new year and the new decade. We need God uh, to come to work in our life and to speak things to us about our future and begin to get us to looking forward instead of backwards or left to our right and begin to really focus Upon him and focus on the new thing that he has for us that God declares, well, spring forth. Everybody say spring forth. I'm telling you, I'm believing that more today than I'm believing in over my family. I'm believing in over this church. I'm believing in over Agua Resources and my friends and family. I'm declaring it just as I declared it to Matt this morning by way of text. I'm just believing and trusting and thinking and that God is up to something supernatural. Everybody say, spring forth. Everybody say, new thing. Spring forth. And so... With that in mind this morning, I'm going to begin walking through uh, some what I'll call focus factors for your future. In fact, I remembered this after I came up with this title. There's a thing, there's a product, uh, I've never taken it that I know Beverly thinks I probably should. It's called Focus Factor. You just take it. I'm sure I don't know what's all in there, but supposedly it'll help you focus better. Maybe get your memory going a little bit. Uh and then I so I googled that and all these pictures came up of this product, you know, some health whatever. And then one of them said extra strength. I said that's what I need right there. I need extra strength. So so for us over the next few weeks, we're going to take the the word focus F O-C-U-S in an acrostic style. And we're going to begin to uh, develop some focus factors for our future from the word focus. Uh, and so if you think that's corny a little bit, well, just hang on. I think it'll work for us. And so especially this morning, it just ignited me so much because the first uh, letter we're going to look at uh, as we began to focus uh, on our future here a little more, get some extra strength. Everybody say, extra strength. The first one is the letter F, and we're going to focus on faith for the future. Because without faith, you and I are in a mess. We're in a world of hurt. In fact, the Bible says, I could just, things come popping in my head. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, uh, 1 John, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Uh, for, For by grace, you are saved through... Faith, faith, faith is the cornerstone. Faith in the finished work of Christ is the cornerstone of our future. You need to understand that. And as we look to this children of Israel insight in this passage and in this prophecy to those who had been in Babylonian captivity, when you read through 42 and 43, and really a a lot of this on each left and right of these two chapters have to do with God coming and fanning the the flame of their faith, all over again. How many of you know if you were uh, about uh, 80 years old now and you'd spent most of your life in Babylonian captivity, it would be hard to really come to a place of real faith and confidence in Christ. Or pardon me, in God. And so he's fanning their faith. He's getting them to the place. Because without faith, it's impossible. Listen, your future uh, is 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 held in the balances of your faith. And so God gives us all, according to the Scripture, a measure of faith. And we are to use and walk by. We walk by what? By Not by sight. And so as you look to the future, there's some question marks. That's why we walk by faith. With that in mind, I just want to, from these two chapters, give you some insights about this extra strength of faith for our future. Let me just show it to you in Isaiah 42. Look in verse 9. I I already read it. He said, Behold, the former things have come to pass, new things I declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now, uh, from a New Testament perspective, where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Okay, not just hearing it with your ear, but hearing it with your heart and believing the word of God. He's, so he's, he said, I'm about to tell you something about your future. In other words, he's beginning to engage them at a place of faith to ignite the faith. So he said, before it happens, I'm going to tell you about it. And then the next verse, he just gives this instruction. So sing to the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea, so on and so forth. He says, goes down to verse 13, the Lord shall go forth. Now, see, shall go forth. Here they are sitting in Babylonian captivity. And he said, the Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. I'm telling you, what's he telling these children of Israel? You better hang on because God is about to show up in great power and authority. He's stirring their faith. Amen. Amen. And then when you go over to Isaiah 43, gosh, it's just just loaded. I mean, it's loaded. Look in verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Everybody say, "Fear fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. When you see God say, fear not, you know what he's saying, have faith. Because the opposite of faith is fear. So when you have faith, he said, "Fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk, overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I'm the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior." He's telling them who to have faith in. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I've loved you. I gotta keep going. Everybody say just give me one of these Say, keep going pastor come on somebody give me that come on Get, if you got a hanky you can say keep going pastor he says therefore i give men for you and people for your life fear not there it is again for i'm with you i will bring your descendants from the east come on catch this is a faith statement i'm bringing everybody home is what he's saying it's homecoming time is what he's saying here today you've been out here for 70 years we're about to go home somebody say hallelujah I'll bring your descendants from the east, gather from the west. I'll say to the north, give them up and to the south. Do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and your daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name, who I've created for my glory, I've formed him. He just keeps going and going and going. If you look down to verse 10, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, my servant whom I've chosen, that you may know and believe me. And understand that I am he, oh, I love this, before me there. So he's getting them focused on him and focused on faith. And so that's where we began this focus factor, extra strength. And I'm going to tell you something. If you got extra strength faith in 2020 for your future, you are loaded for bear, my friend. Are you with me? So with that in mind, I'm going to give you seven thoughts about how we focus our faith on Him from these these two chapters. Number one, really, the first one is, I see this in chapter 43. Really, uh, all of these are in from 43 and 42, but primarily from 43. Uh, The first one is, we focus our faith upon our created origin, on who created us. We have faith in who we are in Christ, but our created origin. Look in Isaiah one. Now, Isaiah forty three one. i I'm telling you, it's chock full. I could have took this one verse and preached to you for an hour, three or four or five points. Look what he says here. Behold now, thus says the Lord who created you. O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Listen, you and I need to understand we are not an accident. We are not just a oopsie-daisy in the cosmos. We are God's created people. Now, I'm sure these people in, in, in Babylonian captivity, these people have been there some all their life. They were under what in the world are we here for? We're just sitting here as slaves in Babylon and there's no destiny. There's no purpose. I, what on earth are we? I don't, I don't have a purpose. I don't have a destiny. And God shows up and he says, you need to understand. I created you. You are mine, he says. Somebody say amen. We need to have faith in the created uh, purpose of God for our life. He says in verse 7, if you look over in verse 7 of that same chapter, he says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. Everybody say for his glory. Look at your neighbor and says, you were created to bring glory to God. Tell somebody with a little smile, Jim, you were created to bring glory to God. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Carmen, you were cre- Hey, this morning when you played the keyboard this morning, you were bringing glory to God. That wasn't because you just thought you'd join the worship team. It's because God said when he made you, I'm creating you for my glory. Whoo! Am I ever going to get through this message this morning? Somebody wave your hand and say, help him, help him. Jesus, I'm telling you, Lord have mercy, Beverly, you pace me now because I got to preach again tonight now. So when you look to the future, you just look, God created me for 2020 to bring glory and honor to him. If you look in verse 15, what does he say? Same chapter. He says this in verse 15 of 43. He says, uh, for I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel and your king. Man, you just take those verses and put them all together. He's my king. He created me to serve him. He created me to give glory and honor to him. He going down to verse 21, he says this, this people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. So in 2020, it's not about you, it's about bringing him glory. It's about realizing I've got a created purpose on earth and the primary purpose is to honor God. May it be that when we come to the close of this year and even into the close of this decade that we can look back and 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 even if we enter into glory, may we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. May our life bring glory and honor to him. David said in Psalm 139, you can read it later, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made before. And this is my, he said, for I was a twinkle in my daddy's eye, you knew me. Ephesians 2.10, Paul said, we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as we look into 2020, we got to focus our faith not just kind of blanketly throughout life, but look and realize, man, we got to have faith in our created origin that we were created by God. We're fearfully and wonderfully made to bring glory and honor to God. And oh, MG, don't come to the close of this year and realize, man, I didn't give God much glory. So if we're going to focus on faith for the future, we've got to have faith in our created origin, but number two, we've got to have faith in our eternal redemption. Oh my goodness, I love how the Old Testament brings the story of redemption in. For he says in that same verse 43, he says, "He formed you, uh, he, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you." Everybody say, redeemed." We used to sing an old song, I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed By the blood of the Lamb, By the blood of the Lamb, I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed By the blood of the Lamb, By the blood of the Lamb, I've been redeemed By the blood of the Lamb, Filled with the Holy Ghost I am. All my sins are washed away, I've been redeemed. We ought to sing that again. We might need a, banjo to help us out that. but he said i redeemed you verse 14 of that same chapter he hits it again thus says the lord your redeemer in other words he paid for you with his own blood are you with me Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians 1 7, he said, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Listen, that's the core of Christianity. We have faith in the finished work of Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that was needed to obtain our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. We've been redeemed by God and we got to have faith. You look to the future. Whoa, wait a minute. He created me. And not only did he create me to, just to uh, stumble, he didn't create me to stumble around the world in my own little world and, and just kind of hope I make it. No, he looked and realized I was hopeless without Christ. And he sent his son Jesus who died on a cross for me. And he paid a great price for me so I could be bought back and not live under the slavery of sin and death. Who. Peter said this. He said this in First Peter chapter one, verse eighteen and nineteen. He says, "Knowing this, now that's faith. Here's what you got to know. So, you've got to have faith in it. knowing this that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold that perishes, but you're redeemed with the precious blood of the Lamb." Who? Somebody say, "Amen." Everybody say, "I've been redeemed." See, we have to have faith for the future. If you don't walk by faith, you're going to stumble in life. So we focus our faith uh, and and our trust in God on the fact that we are created by him. Number two, we focus and have faith in our eternal redemption. But number three, in that same verse, we focus our faith on our God-given identity because he says, he says, fear not for I've redeemed you. Uh, But catch this, he says, I have called you by your name. You are mine. You got a name. Everybody everybody say, hallelujah. He said, well, my name's Adam, or my name's Brent, or my name's Beverly, or my name, we all got a name Mama gave us, but God's given us a name and an identity in Christ. We are children of the Most High God, come on now, because we've been redeemed, we belong to Him. He says, you're mine. That's who you are, you're children of God. Listen, I don't know what 2020 holds. I don't know the question marks of life. I don't know the trouble and trauma. Listen, faith is not for the good times. Faith are, is for the question marks of life. It's to go through. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You fear no evil. Why? Because he is with you and you have faith in that. And so, we got, we gotta trust who we are in Christ. Well, I don't know. You got, some of you just, you know, whine and moan and complain about where you are and who you are. Listen, you just gotta have faith. I'm chosen by, I'm created by God. Uh, I've been redeemed by God. I've been, I've been, uh, identified and born into the family of God. I belong to Jesus. I'm his child. He's gonna take care of me. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, you're a new creation, a whole new species of being, the Bible says. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, he said this. I think it's 2 Peter 2. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now, this is already getting us out of Beaumont right here now. This is getting us out of Vider for sure. This is getting out of what other people have labeled us. I don't know if anybody ever labeled you. uh, Well, you're just... You know, I don't know if you ever had people who didn't care enough about you to b- give you a positive self-image. People who just told you you were toe jam or belly lint or whatever. I don't know. But whatever others have told you, you don't, you don't need to believe all that. You believe the report of the Lord. And you say, I belong to Jesus. I am here. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. A peculiar people. Something you always knew that part. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him who's called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So you got to have faith in our created origin. We got to have faith in our eternal redemption. We also have to have faith in our God-created and established and God-given identity in Christ. Man, it'll it'll cause you to walk a little straighter. It'll cause you to lift your head a little higher. because you'd have a little more faith in who you are and, and forget about what everybody else said about you. These children of Israel, I bet they had to forget all about what the Babylonian blah, blah, blah was all about in their life and they had to get a hold of, what does God say about me? Woo! Come on, devil. Somebody say, get out of here, devil, in Jesus' name. I think this is sermon's backfiring It's jumping all over me this morning. Faith in our created origin, faith in our eternal redemption, faith in our God-given identity. And number four, uh, to fan the the flames of faith in our heart, we've got to have faith in our Father's abiding presence. For he said in chapter 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, you'll not be burnt. All those things. What are he saying? I'm going to be with you. In fact, the reality was he was never not with us or not with them. But he said, I, I want you to know, you know, deliverance. How many of you know deliverance sometimes a process? How many of you got to go through some stuff to get to some stuff? <laughs> There's a, ooh, this is bad stuff. Uh, I got to go through this stuff to get to that stuff. And he said, when they, I'm going to be with you. And you and I have to embrace that. He said, I'll be with you. Verse 5, he says this. He says, fear not, I am with you. Look at your neighbor and say this. Fear not, he's with you. Wait, fear not, he's with you. Fear not. He's with you. you. You have to have faith in his abiding presence. What did Jesus say to that first century church when they're all gathered together and he had been raised from the dead and now they're having a 40 day uh, leadership meeting and gathering with the resurrected Christ. Uh, and so he's imparting to them in his last words. He says, now I'm about to, I'm, I'm about out of here, but the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. He's going to empower you. He said, but let me give you this right here. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and oh, last words on planet earth, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Boom! You've got to have faith in His abiding presence. There's a hymn I thought about this morning, Let me see if I can find some words. Here we go. I sent it to myself. Just a few words here from this old hymn. And the hymn's called, He Walks With Me. I come to the garden alone. (laughs) I'm not going to sing this one. I would love to. While the dew is still on the roses, and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks, I might sing this tonight, I'll practice on the way to San Antonio. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush, their singing in the Melody that he gave to me. I love that. Within my heart is ringing. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there. No other has ever known. I'd stay in the garden with him. Though the night around me is falling. But he bids me go through the voice of woe. And his voice to me. Is calling. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. 2020, you could. And he walks, I'm starting to sing it, with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the voice I hear falling on. I forget the rest of that word as ever. Oh, my gosh. My, 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 my. You see, that's extra strength. Faith in our created origin, faith in our eternal redemption, faith in our God-given identity, faith in our Father's abiding presence. And number five, faith in our Father's everlasting love. Look what he says in Isaiah 43, 4. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. How many of you know that was some kind words for a wayfaring prisoner in Babylonian captivity? You and I have to trust that His everlasting love, Isaiah fifty four. He just—if you jump way over Isaiah fifty. Oop! I gotta jump a little more. Isaiah fifty four, verse ten says, "For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed." Says the Lord, who has mercy on you. He's got a covenant of love. How many of you know God has a covenant of love in our behalf? Lamentations 3. It's odd that this is in Lamentations. Basically, it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. He loves us. He loves us. I got two of my three kids here today. Mother, son is in Arvada, Colorado. You know, over the years, they've irritated me. A time or two, I'm sure I've irritated them. But my love for them has never ceased. It's new every morning. When they started popping out grandkids, it just got bigger. My heart got bigger. Oh, my God. Think about the Father's love. He looked down and started forming you, and he said, Oh, before you twinkle in your daddy's eye, I form you. Oh, I love you, man. Oh, it's off. He loves us. Amen. Faith in his everlasting love. And then number six. As we move into our future and have faith for the future, not only do we have to have faith in our Father's everlasting love, but we have to have faith in our God-given purpose because, hey, He begins to share with them. You're not, hey, I know you've been in Babylonian captivity a while now, but you've got a purpose. Uh, I created you for a purpose. And If you look in verse 8 of that same chapter, He said, "'Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled together.'" whom among them can declare this and show us former things let them bring out their witnesses that they may justify it. or let them hear and say it is truth you are my witnesses says the lord and my servant whom i've chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that i am he what's he saying to them your purpose as we saw in the new testament their purpose is to uh, testify to the goodness of god to the greatness of god to the glory of god and our purpose here on earth is not about us it's about It's about His glory, it's about His honor, it's about fulfilling what He has for us to accomplish. You think about that first century church in Acts chapter 1, when the resurrected Christ prepared them for His his final departure, not His death, but His ascension. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. He said, after the promise and the power of the Spirit comes upon you, you will be my church members. No, they already were that. You'll be my, you know, nursery workers. You'll be my sound guy. No, they didn't have sound guys back then. You'll be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, all the earth. Listen, if we go through 2020 and we never embrace our purpose to be witnesses, we have undermined, we've trampled underfoot God's purpose and plan for our life. Faith in our Father's everlasting love, and we've got to have faith in our God-given purpose. And Paul said it in Second Corinthians seventeen. He said, "We're all new creations. We're ambassadors for Christ, as well as though God were pleading through us. We ought to sh- plead for those who are lost and without Christ to be reconciled to God." Wow. And finally, as we look to 2020, as we focus, get some extra strength going on. We ought to have faith in our God-given provisions. Listen, when you read through Isaiah 42 and 43, it is chock full with God-given provision for the journey. Let me just hit it. Here's a huge... Here's a huge list. Faith in our God-given provision. Isaiah 42, 43. If you just walk through it, you can find. Here's some I found. A a promise of justice. A promise of hope. A promise of deliverance. A promise of victory. A promise of of, of the provision of vision and direction in our life. the, the, The provision of protection. When you walk through the fire... You'll not be burned. Hit that last one up there for me. Let's get this done because Beverly and I got to go to San Antonio. I'm going to explode again tonight somewhere. Uh, So you just watch the papers, okay? Just. (laughs) He he provides us his presence, his refreshing. He said this. He said, I'm going to give drink to my chosen people. He said, I'm going to provide forgiveness for your sin. What he says here is, I'm going to provide you everything you need to accomplish my kingdom purpose. Peter said this in 2 Peter one three. he said, His divine power has given us everything or all things that pertain to life and godliness. So as we look to 2020, We've got to focus our on our faith. He's given us a measure of faith. we we got to get some extra strength faith for our future, for our kids' future. Trust God over our lives and our family. I love 2 Chronicles 20. It's a different story, but a great uh, little line. It says, And this is what we all, he's he's talking about faith. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. He also says, believe in his prophets, and you'll prosper. So if you'll believe what I'm saying today, you'll believe what God's saying today, there comes established prosperity in your life. Not because of what I said, but because of your faith in what God said. Amen? So I came to tell you, in 2020, you better have faith in God. You better have extra strength. Focus on your faith. I love what Pastor Ron said years ago about... He, he's he got a lot of one-liners. One of his one-liners is, you come out of a hole in a hurry. I don't know if 19 was a hole in your life. You come out of a hole in a hurry. How you do it by faith. Are you with me this morning? Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Let's just stand up for a moment, stretch our legs, and then stretch our faith for our future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Today, we put our trust in you. Today, we put our confidence in you. Today, we lean into who you are and what you've done for us. Today, Lord God, as we look to the future, may our faith begin to arise. And Lord, even if we're to the degree maybe in our hearts of these children of Israel you felt, we felt in bondage for years, Lord. I thank you that today we can come out of a hole in a hurry. We choose to believe you and to trust you for our future, for our families, for our church, for our nation, for our world. We thank you for that today, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, If you could say, Pastor, this message, OMG, it was like you were talking just to me. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you today, just wherever you are, just lift your hand and say, Pastor, that message was mine and today I'm going to embrace it. As I move into my destiny, I'm going to focus on some extra strength faith in my life. Just lift your hand wherever you are. If you're somewhere in this room today, maybe even watching me by way of Facebook today and you feel like you've been in prison, you can come out. You can come out of that hole in a hurry. How? By putting your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so today, let's do that. I'm going to pray a prayer. If you're watching by way of Facebook here today, we're going to put our trust in in Him today. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Join with those who may be watching. Let's put our faith in the finished work of Christ. Father, we thank You today that You've done a great work Lord in our lives, Lord, and in, our, in the world and we just today choose to put our trust in You. Everyone pray this prayer with me. Say thank You Lord Jesus for dying on a cross for me for paying a great price through Your shed blood so I could be your child. I trust you today. I put my trust in you. I invite you to be the Lord and the leader of my life and to abide with me forever. I put my faith in Calvary's cross. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Whew. Man, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you know what happened, whether you realize it or not. You got born again. You became a child of God. So today, let's embrace the Word of the Lord in our life. And especially let's embrace our God-created and God-given purpose to be a witness for Jesus in 2020. Go out this week. Find somebody that needs Christ that is confused and lost and troubled, desperate. We'll be right back here next Sunday preaching the same gospel that got you born again, the same gospel that may have gotten you born again today. Let's fill the house next week with people who need Jesus. Amen? Everybody love the Lord, say amen. God bless. Give the word of God and Him a great big thank you, Jesus.